It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. What's happening, Wizards fans? This is the Locked On Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Noah Getzel. Tonight is Friday night. The Wizards just got pounded by the Hornets, uh, 122 to 105. Uh, it was a rough loss. Third time the Wizards have lost to the Hornets this season. And here to break down uh, this loss and all of these tough losses that the Wizards have had against lesser opponents, I'm here with uh, Wizards extra reporter Bryna Kramer. How's it going, Bryna? It's going good. Um, I think Pounded is putting it a little nicely, but yeah, let's get into this. Yeah, it, it was kind of a game where you could tell from the first quarter that the Wizards didn't come out with the right energy. They allowed 36 points and didn't totally ever respond. I, the Wizards did have a one-point advantage. I know they kind of uh, like had some momentum going their way uh, just at the end of the half when there was like a five-point run with Beal's three-pointer, but we're going to break down um, this game and kind of how, how the Wizards have really struggled against the Hornets in all three games, all three losses this season. And finally, we're going to talk a little bit more on how the Wizards have just been totally up and down all year and haven't been able to play consistently. And, you know, like they just beat the Cavs last night and here they are dropping to a 10th place team. So we're going to talk about all of those all of those different uh, struggles of the Wizards, but we're going to start with the game tonight. Uh, and what stands out to me is not just 122 points. By the way, the Wizards in all three matchups have given up at least that much against the Hornets, but 17 three-pointers and 88% of those threes, they made 17 threes, 15 of them came from just three guys, Frank Kaminsky, Kemba Walker, and Marvin Mil- Williams. Yep. Yeah. Why weren't the Wizards able to key in on these guys if they're, you know, nailing shots all over the court? I don't know. And that's, I mean, I that's what I had written down too. And I think it's interesting, especially because Kimball Walker had like, what, four points going into the second half. And then he exploded and he got, like you said, five three-pointers in just the second half. Like, it blows my mind. And especially because, like, I get it. Like, in the first half, like, things weren't going the way. They were turning the ball over. They kind of came out with just this, like, lackadaisical defense. But the second half, like, you shouldn't be letting... Kimball Walker then start to explode as well. Like when there's a player that good though, like he's not gonna stay quiet the entire day, game right, unless it's an can, awful shooting. Night. You can hold him off for five three pointers. Like especially because they've been having on this ten. They've going into this game, the Wizards were really focused on like the past ten games because that's when they had started kind of finding their groove without John Wall and you know 
really playing good basketball. And in that, you know, span of games, they were like third, I think, in the league and, you know, like three point defense. Mm. Where was that tonight? I don't know. But yeah, it was abysmal. Yeah, and even in the first quarter, I think uh, the first two shots for the the Hawks, not not the Hawks, the Hornets, <laughs> another flying animal. Uh, it was Marvin Williams hitting back to back threes, and so it it just seemed to be a, a common factor that you know Scott Brooks was saying that throughout the entire game on both sides of the ball, the Wizards were just always a step slow, and maybe it's because they're playing a back to back, but maybe more but the likely, were, the yeah, Hornets they're just were playing a back to back too. Uh huh. I I don't know. Yeah, it was a rough loss, no doubt about it. Uh, on the bright side, Bradley Beal scored 33 points for the Wizards. Uh, Markeith Morris had tied his career high with eight assists, and he had uh, 13 points and six rebounds, too. Um, and then six Wizards players were in double figures. The Wizards scored 105 points. Their scoring was not an issue. Both teams shot 49%. Uh, it, it was just, you know, it's it's tough to follow up perhaps the best win of your season the very next night playing against an opponent that, of course, you overlook. It, I mean, there's still a hangover from that. But you would think it would be more confidence. It's like, okay, we just beat the Cavs. We can beat anybody. Like, let's let's do this. Let's keep it rolling. I think part of the problem for the Wizards, too, was the foul trouble that they got in tonight. I mm-hmm. mean, um, Markeith Morris had four – he had, like, two or three, like, within the first, like, quarter or something like that. And then, you know – Bradley Beal also had four. Who else had? In the fourth quarter, uh, like oh, no, back-to-back yeah. plays, uh, Jan Mahimni, he had two fouls in the first two minutes of the fourth quarter. I don't know. He ended up with, what, five fouls? Yeah, yeah. he ended up with five. Yeah. No, so let's see. Morris had four. Gortad had four. Porter had three. Yeah, Mahimi had five. Some of those calls were pretty questionable. Right. Some of them were definitely questionable, but, like, I don't know. It was just, that also I definitely think contributed to the, you know, it's kind of hard once you start getting, you know, fouls and then you start getting frustrated. I think it's hard to then come back from that as well. Like at the halftime, you know, the, like the players literally came back to the court or like they like started turning around to like walk to the locker room and then like came back to the court to talk to the refs about whatever was going on. And I heard on the TV because I was already downstairs in the media room, like you could hear Bradley Beal on the like TV talking about like, like the microphone picked him up and he was talking about, he's like, yeah, but like you guys have been calling these kind of calls all game. Like he was getting visibly frustrated mm. and Markeith Morris was like trying to pull him away be like, no, 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 like. This isn't your time. Like, we're not trying to get you ejected from the game. And Beal did get a technical in the first half. Too. Right. And then at one point, like, right after he got that technical, he, like, spiked the ball. And I thought he was going to get ejected right then. Like, mm. Bradley Beal got visibly frustrated. And I don't think that helps. I think when you start getting all these fouls and the calls don't, don't go your way, like, you've got to keep it under pressure. Mm-hmm. Or got to keep the, like, pressure from, like, exploding. It was a physical game, but the Hornets were definitely the more physical team. You can see that by their rebounding yeah. advantage, uh, 41-36. And, by the way, for the Hornets, uh, Frank Kaminsky came off the bench to lead them in scoring. Uh, he went to college with me at Wisconsin, so I can't be too upset about that one. But then uh, Kemba Walker, as we mentioned, had 20 of his 24 points after halftime. Kelly Oubre did not care whatsoever that he had an amazing <laughs> second half. I asked him after the game, I'm like, how do you think he was able to explode after being so quiet? He's like, bro, I really don't care whatsoever. And <laughs> He's like, that's not in our seconds. locker room. Yeah. He's like, yeah, this guy's not in a locker room. I don't care. And then he just like walked away. He's like, nobody else has questions for me. All right, I'm gone. <laughs> I don't want any stupid questions. Yeah. 
Yeah. No. All right. We're going to take a quick break from the Locked on Wizards podcast. Uh, I'll be right back with Brian Kramer to talk about the other two games this season that the Wizards also lost against the Charlotte Hornets. So stay right here. We'll be right back. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome back to the Locked On Wizards podcast. Uh, The Wizards have really been struggling against the Hornets this year. The Hornets have swept all three games. And it's been it's been ugly every time. Uh, one, the first game between the two teams was uh, November twenty second, and that one went into overtime. It was perhaps one of John Wall's best games of the season. He had a uh, thirty one points and eleven assists, and that was right before he sat for two weeks uh, with a knee uh, plasma rich platelet injection. So you could tell he wasn't one hundred percent for that one. Uh, and then so that that game was one twenty nine one twenty four. The Wizards allowed one hundred twenty nine points, and then. After that, uh, December 17th, the Hawks, oh my God, not the Hawks, the <laughs> Hornets scored 77 points in the first half, which I believe was that a, a franchise record for the team or somewhere up there? It's been it a pro- long time since I was going to say, it's, it's definitely up there if it's not the record. Yeah. So that game, the, the Hornets ended up scoring 133 and winning by uh, 24 points there. And finally, uh, they got to 122 here, here tonight, and... The Wizards' defense has just... What, what is it about this matchup and the Hornets, who aren't a good team, you know, they're... What are, what's the record? They're just 26-33 and 33 on the season. Is it? It's kind of been like the Wizards, we'll talk in, about this a little bit later, but they've been struggling against all sorts of bad teams. And it's not just one game. Like, the Wizards lost twice to the Nets. They lost twice to Utah Jazz. What do you think it is about the Hornets that makes them such a difficult matchup for the Wizards? I really don't know what it is. And, I mean, I don't, you know, Brooks said this, like, Beal. Like, nobody can really figure out what it is about the Hornets, like, why the Hornets have the Wizards number this year. And, like, I think it's really interesting because, I don't, like I said, I don't know what it is. You know, in some of those other games, like, it's not, like, we. it's not because we don't match up well with, like, the Nets or the Jazz. Like, we just didn't play well. Like, this, I, I don't know what it is about this matchup, but, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe they have bigger, like, their players. You, you know, we were talking about before the game, like, Nicholas Batum is a bigger player um, at the guard spot for being a guard. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't, and, yeah, it's just, it boggles my mind. I don't understand. And we mentioned that, uh, like, Bradley Beal had a great game. He shot well and scored 33 points, but he had an incredibly difficult matchup. And just watching the battles between him and Michael Kidd-Gilchrist kind of trying to come off screens and trying to drive to the rim, you could tell it was quite a a physical fight there. And Beal ended up playing 
40 minutes on a back-to-back. Of course, he's coming off All-Star break, but he was an All-Star, so you don't get quite as much time to relax when yeah. you're part of all those festivities. Especially your first one. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, definitely. Batum is six foot eight. Um, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist is one of the elite defenders when he's healthy. Uh, and then Dwight Howard is, you know, nobody wants to go inside on, on a guy right. like that. And the Wizards last year, they really struggled against uh, centers like Rudy Gobert and, yeah. you know, Hassan Whiteside. So it it wasn't, it didn't seem like the Wizards weren't able to penetrate, but perhaps like some of the shots that they took when they got into the paint took a toll over the course of 48 minutes and... I don't really know, but it the it seemed like the, the gap was, was just never really fading. It stayed at about a dozen points, and the Wizards couldn't really get down within single digits, and yeah. it wasn't even close whatsoever, um, that last matchup, December 17th. Like, uh, who was it? Wall and Beal only played, like, 25 minutes in that game. Yeah, that one was bad. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, whatever whatever reason, I guess the Hornets just like to come out and play well against us. They really come in and lock down on each of us like we were talking or what my thought one of the thoughts I also had I thought it was interesting that Mike Scott only had zero points um only had zero he He didn't have any points whatever um he only took and he only took he only took two shots and Brooks was asked about it post game and he was saying you know like they were just doing like the Hornets were just guarding so well that you know it was really hard for him to find shots which he usually at least normally has like seven eight nine ten somewhere around there at least and like I said tonight he only took two shots um and then brooks also made a comment about just whatever the hornets were doing it affected although they had 20 the wizards had 25 assists um the ball wasn't moving as well for whatever reason and, you know he said that's kind of been the case in all the hornets games so mm-hmm. i don't know what it is it's confusing as hell someone posted a phone funny uh meme that was like that that dog with the all the flames around it oh <laughs> where yeah it's yeah, like yeah. just staring and usually it says everything is fine and then it said and this time it said the wizard's ball movement sure looks great <laughs> <laughs> it's like ignoring all the other issues with the team but yeah, the wizards like, are averaging i think 30 or just a hair under 30 assists in the past 10 11 games yeah and so. it's been impressive and like i said they had 25 tonight which is very mm-hmm. impressive but like like Brooks said, like, it was just something off about it. Like, they were moving the ball, but it wasn't as smoothly as it had been in those, like, 10-11 games, like you mm-hmm. said. One thing that was a little bit confusing to me tonight was that uh, Ramon Sessions, of course, it's it's his second day with the team after he was signed yesterday. Really first day, yeah. Yeah, basically the first day. He didn't um, log any minutes, even when all the, the garbage time players came in with the lineup of Frazier, Meeks, Oubre, yeah. Mike Scott, and uh, Chris McCullough in the final three or so minutes of the game. Uh, I, I asked Scott Brooks afterward um, what factor into his decision not to play Ramon Sessions, and he said, basically, this guy's been in the league for however many, like 10 years, a dozen years. years. Yeah. You know, like, he doesn't, there's nothing he needs to prove to me in three minutes. If, if he gets a chance, these next uh 10 days when he's on the team like i have full confidence in what he can bring to the table he's you know he's a good professional he can lead a team like he doesn't have to prove that to me for three minutes yeah i mean i understand that part but i was telling you like at the very end of the game like i think not only would it have been i understand it from the that part like justin doesn't have anything to prove but just in terms of getting playing time with this team like 
this is the perfect chance, especially if you want to see how he can fit in with the team. Like, this would have been the perfect chance. It's garbage time. Like, we're not going to win this game. Like, at least get him, let him get some run with the second unit. Yeah. Like, maybe keep Frazier out or Meeks or whoever you want to keep out. But, like, just it was, like, four minutes, too. It wasn't like he gave up on the fourth quarter and said, like, oh, it's an entire quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, this would have just been the perfect time. Like, they're probably not – like Brooks was saying, I don't think they're practicing tomorrow. Then they have a game on Sunday – then they have what we said a game on Tuesday, a game on Wednesday. Like mm-hmm. they, like there probably isn't going to be that many practice days for him to get reps in with the team. So if he just like today would have been the perfect day. Yeah, that's and, my thinking. And this it, is a lesser opponent too. Of course, the result wasn't what you expected, but the next few games are going to be against the Sixers, the Bucks, the Golden State Warriors, right. a lot of playoff teams. So right. it's less of a chance for guys at the end of the bench to to see any time. Um, Unless they're blowouts. Right. And so, do do you think that Ramon's going to get? extended through the full season or do you think it'll just be a 10-day stint I don't know I I was thinking about this as I was like coming here today like I don't know I mean he does have the history with the team so like in like granted it wasn't the same team in any sense back when Sessions was here I think really the only players that were still around were Beal, Wall, Gortat, Porter, Oubre, Morris Morris for like just a little bit of it. That was, I think, when Morris the first season, like when he got traded. So I think it was just those like couple months. But otherwise, like the bench, who he would be playing with, none of them were here. So like, I don't know. So that's also why I think tonight would have been a great time to put him in. But in terms of him getting extended, I don't know. I mean, we really need just more guards, period. And Brooks says that, like, Sessions, you know, can play both positions. I don't really see him being a shooting guard. But Brooks says he can play both positions, so we'll go with it. Um, But I think we – I just – I desperately think we need more help at the two-guard position. And so I wouldn't be upset if Sessions got – He's six foot three, by the way. Most shooting guards in the league aren't six foot three anymore. <laughs> right. I wouldn't be upset if Sessions got extended, but I also wouldn't be upset if he didn't get extended. Just because I think our like we need help desperately in other positions, but like I'm not also going to be upset if they extend him to a second ten day or if they sign him for the rest of the season. Well, we have yet to see what happens there. So we're going to come back for with our third and final se- section of. Uh, the Locked On Wizards podcast tonight, talking about the low-quality losses that the Wizards have experienced all year long. Uh, it's 13 losses or so against uh, teams under 500. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Don't go anywhere. Locked On Wizards podcast. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Locked On Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Noah Getzel. You can find me on Twitter, Noah underscore Getzel. That's G-O-E-T-Z-E-L. And then I'm with my co-host tonight, also Wizards Extra reporter, Bryna Kramer. Bryna, where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, they can find me on Twitter at BrynaK13. That's B-R-Y-N-A-K-13. Cool, and you can check out the Locked On Wizards podcast in a number of different places, uh, Apple iTunes, you can subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Stitcher, um, 
other places, <laughs> Twitter, um, LockedOnWizards.com, SoundCloud. Yeah, anywhere you find your podcast, you can find Locked On Wizards. <laughs> so the Wizards have had some incredible victories. Let's start on the positives. The Wizards have, I think, uh, they're the only, is it only the Wizards or only, like, a couple of teams have beaten uh, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Cavaliers, and the Rockets all this season. It's I think just it might the Wizards be just and Wizards the Warriors. Warriors. Okay. And then, but then again, like, have the Warriors lost three times to the Hornets, twice to Jazz, twice to Nets, twice to Mavericks? No, of I mean, they've not. had some pretty <laughs> terrible losses, though. Like, especially going into All-Star break, they looked not that great. But then again, they're the Warriors, so nobody really, like, it doesn't, the regular season does not matter to the Warriors. Absolutely. Whereas yeah. it matters to the Wizards. So the Wizards now have 25 losses. Their record is 34 and 25. Of those 25 losses, quite a few of them have been to just terrible opponents. So they lost to the Lakers, the Suns, as I mentioned, the Mavericks two and Nets both twice. They lost to Atlanta Hawks, the Clippers, who aren't in the playoff picture, um, and then the Jazz, who are no longer in the playoff picture in the West Coast, and now the Hornets three times. Do you think it's it's selfishness, overconfidence, lack of effort? What's what's the key recurring trend against these sub-500 teams that the Wizards can't knock off? I don't think you can pin it down to just one thing. I think it's a combination of all of those things. And I think it really just depends on the night. Like, some nights, again, you know, some nights it's just like, oh, well, this is a 15th seed. Like, why would, like, of course we're going to win. And then, you know, they get that in their heads and then things happen and whatever. But some nights it's, you know, just a lack of effort. Some nights it's the fact that it's the second night of a back-to-back and, like, they just don't have the effort to put into playing against the Hornets or whoever it is. So I really think it's a combination of all those things. Mm -hmm. But then that being said, you know, the Wizards, you know, came out at the beginning of the season. They're like, yeah, we're a top two, three seed in the East. You know, we're like a top, you know, we're the best backcourt in the league, blah, 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 blah. The Cavaliers are lucky that they missed us in the playoffs. Exactly. But then, you know, if they really were all those things, then they should have no problem. You know, they should easily, they should not have 13 bad losses. They should maybe have, like, three or four. Yeah, the Wizards have not been able to take care of business, especially at home against uh, these these opponents who are nowhere near, you know, even smelling the playoffs. So right. it's and been I- a strange occurrence. Um, and one thing that was mentioned earlier is that the players kind of play a little bit selfishly in these, like, knockoff games. That wasn't the issue tonight. There were 25 assists. They moved the ball well. Right. But I, I just cut you off. You had a train of thought going. No, I was just going to say, based on your thing about the home games, I think it's also interesting, too, considering, like, last year, um, well, last year the Verizon Center, this year the Capone Arena. But the home, this home environment was such a, you know, player, like, other teams feared coming here because of, what, we had, like, the 17-game mm-hmm. win, home game win streak at some point. Like, and then now it's basically almost, like, Oh, an entire 180 about how teams feel coming into the Capital One Arena. Yeah, surprisingly, uh, the Wizards have 17 wins both at home and on the road. They're 17 and 10 only at home, and then 17 and 14 on the road. So really? not not the best numbers. That's an, uh, it's more than I thought we had. More at wins home. at home than you thought. Yeah, a better record. Hmm. It fe- I guess maybe just being here more. It feels like they lose here a lot, but. That's more than I thought they had. Yeah. Well, really, now it's 17 and 11, because that doesn't count for tonight's loss. 
So we've got one more game this weekend against the Philadelphia 76ers um, who are in the playoffs. I don't have it. They're currently the eighth seed. Uh, I think. I know Joel Embiid had some big talk after the All-Star break that, what did he say? Do you remember? What? what did he, he was say basically what? saying, like, we've got to catch, we've got to, I, man, I, I've got to double check on it, but he said, like, we've got to chase this seed or this number. Oh, yeah, he, we need home court advantage in the playoffs. That's what he said. Like, that's that's the goal for the rest of their 20 games. Like, <laughs> that's what they're that. going to do. Um, the Wizards are 1-1 one one against the Sixers. They beat the Sixers their very first game of the season. And then right after the Eagles won the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago, um, the Sixers couldn't – they were in Philadelphia, and it, the Sixers just couldn't miss a shot. So um, what are your predictions heading into this one? Do the, the Wizards bounce back? I think so. I think – you know, they got hopefully their bad loss for the week or so out of the way. Um, I think they'll regroup, and I think they'll hopefully get back to that mentality that they had and the momentum that they had going into the All-Star break. Um, but, yeah, I don't think we lose. Hopefully not, because that would be bad. And we just talked about how the Wizards have struggled against uh, imposing defensive big men. Is there anyone, any center in the league right now that you would that's currently active and healthy and playing that you would take over Joel Embiid? Um, no. I mean, maybe, like, right now, maybe there are some other centers that are playing slightly better, but, like, Embiid just has, like, Embiid is Embiid, and he just has so much potential, and so, no. I mean, maybe the only reason you would say you would take someone else over is because of the health concerns, but Mm -hmm. I don't, I wouldn't. Yeah, the Sixers are going to be a real feisty matchup given uh their length and defensive prowess. They've got a six foot ten point guard. Robert Covington is a defensive nightmare. Embiid is, of course, you know, blocking shots and swallowing up everything yeah, in the paint. So they have a lot of good pieces. It'll be a tough test, but I expect the Wizards to really bring their A game after a bad loss like this. After you know, when you beat someone who's a great team and then you come back and totally, I'm trying to think of the right words. Uh. Like, I can't say doing something in the bed, but it's like, okay, never mind. I was going to say, you can't, like, you, they shit the bed tonight, but I shouldn't say that on the air. But basically. <laughs> they basically did that. How about redeem yourself? Mm, wizards <laughs> need redemption. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll do it for tonight's Locked on Wizards podcast. Thanks so much, Bryna, for helping break down and this mystery of why the Wizards have been so bad against bad opponents, especially the Charlotte Bobcats. Oops, not the Bobcats. <laughs> at least I didn't call them the Hawks this time. At least, <laughs> so the Hornets, at least yeah. you called them the former name. <laughs> Wizards 0-3 this year against the Hornets. We'll be back on Sunday with another Locked On Wizards podcast following the Wizards-Sixers matchup. So tune in for that. Thank you guys so much, and have a great night. Hope I got some brothers that'll me. Sorry, shit, we're still in front with me God's plan, God's plan I hope back sometimes I won't, yeah I feel good sometimes I don't, yeah I think that's always the road, yeah Might go down on G-O-D-G I go hard and such a G, yeah I make sure the noise I leave I'm sure Bad things, there's a lot of bad things If they wish and 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 they wish
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.